Okay, I'm here with Mike Martin, Salesforce MVP. Uh, what else can I say about you? Beer enthusiast? Beer enthusiast, Lego, Lego enthusiast. Yes. Yep, yep. Um, thank you so much for joining me. I know you're a busy guy. Um, a lot of people know you. Um, I've known you for a long time, right? I knew you yeah. back in the early Aperio days. Um, I don't really know your full story of how you became a consultant. How did you get into consulting? Yeah, a little bit roundabout. Uh, I don't know how far back you want to go. Uh, I was born in 1982. No. <laughs> so uh, coming out of college, had a degree in computer engineering, learned very quickly, didn't want to sit in a lab, design chips, uh, took a brief stint into process engineering for a logistics company and found very quickly that I missed doing technology. Briefly joined the IT department there, but learned that I wanted to do technology at a technology company. So that had me searching for roles where I could interact with people, but also do technology types of stuff. Found a sales engineering role at a small software company uh, here in Indianapolis, where I live. And that company uh, hired me to be a sales engineer. It was great. Uh, I was in financial services industry. You know, I, I knew I had some to learn, but was excited to kind of be in that mix of uh, people and technology. On day one, I walked in and, and the nice folks said, hey, our Salesforce administrator is leaving. Um, you're going to do this. Figure it out. And this was back in 2008. Uh, never heard of Salesforce. Didn't know what it was. Uh, but was excited for the challenge. So that that two-year stint at uh, that software company, over half of my job involved working with Salesforce. Uh, towards the end of that stint, um, we were working on a project where we were bringing three different divisions of that firm together. Um, they all had their in, each individual Salesforce instances. Um, and a, a fun little trick with that project was two of those instances had been together at one point uh, prior to my joining the firm. So we were bringing them back together again. Uh, so that was a great uh, consulting project, plenty of, of stories from that. So in that, I knew that I needed help. I went out and uh, interviewed a number of different consulting partners and ended up hiring a firm, a regional firm out of Louisville, Kentucky, a couple of hours from where I, I sit, uh, called InfoWelders. Uh, and InfoWelders was uh, started by a Salesforce, former Salesforce employee um, who had very good connections within the Salesforce ecosystem and then also had great connections with some really smart data folks. Um, and so InfoWelders was uh, a partner uh, regionally focused on, on doing really cool Salesforce stuff. Throughout the project where I hired them, got to know and learn that, hey, I think the Salesforce thing is what I want to do. I saw the writing on the wall. It was time to leave my current firm and looked around and said, I could either take another sales engineering role in the financial services industry, or I could make this big jump to consulting. So I made that big jump to consulting, uh, decided to kind of try something completely new. Uh, it was my first work from home role, uh, working virtually from, from uh, Indy uh, for the Louisville-based firm, uh, and started to to handle all aspects of Salesforce projects. Uh, so we were small enough where, you know, I would be a project manager, I would be a, a business analyst, I would do all the configuration and then uh, finish up with, with the training uh, as well. So I really liked the ability to, to dive in and learn new things about different industries and different companies uh, while also still learning Salesforce myself. I mean, I, I've been doing it for a couple of years at that point, but obviously um, when you, move from being an internal product owner to being 
a consultant, there's obviously new things that you see each each and every project. So um, from there, uh, about eight eight or nine months into that stint at InfoWelders, uh, got a call from the CEO and said, hey, uh, what do you know about this this company called Aperio? Um, we're we're going to be acquired. Uh, so that was my jump into uh, what I what I'll call big boy consulting, or you know, kind of an enterprise level consulting. I uh, was able to join uh, as a business analyst consultant, um, and then a couple years after that, uh, Perio decided to open an office in Indianapolis. So you know, moved into uh, a number of different roles through my gosh, almost eight years at at Aperio. That's an amazing story, and, and that's where um, I met you. I remember. Yeah. I'm trying to think back on my period history. Was InfoWelders Aperio's first acquisition? So there were three acquisitions announced at that same time. Okay. Um, and I believe it was those those three were the first that Aperio had done. Yeah. Um, was it Eric's, Eric Brinsfold? What, what was his name? Um, and then Glenna Claussen's group and then yes. InfoWelders all at the same time. Yeah. My gosh. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I remember InfoWelders just an incredibly talented team for its size. My gosh, we were, yeah, I was, I was so lucky to be able to work with and learn, learn from so from some of those folks. I mean, uh, the big reason I went to 10 K was, was to follow Nick Ham. Um, obviously uh, a couple of other folks that, that uh, left Aperio soon after, mostly because they didn't want to travel quite as much, wanted to stay a little bit closer to home, but yeah, uh, I mean, pretty, pretty great group of folks for, I think we were 10 full-time employees at the time. Right. Yeah. So you, you mentioned you, how you became a admin uh, mm-hmm. kind of accidentally. I, I think there's a lot of people that kind of fall into it because oh, someone yeah. left, right? At what point did you become an MVP and how, how did mm. you become an MVP? Yeah, so uh, kind of a roundabout story there as well. You know, as I was learning what Salesforce was at, the, at this firm, uh, I went out to Twitter and I said, Hey, I, I own the Salesforce thing. What do I do? And and I found folks like Aperio John, and Nick Panter, and a, a number of other folks uh, that that still still connected with today. Uh, but the other thing that that turned me on to was the the idea of user groups. So quickly joined the Indianapolis user group uh, that was focused on Salesforce, uh, primarily admin level folks, uh, really joined in and jumped in there. At the time, I, I think they were kind of shying away from having folks that worked at partners uh, lead those groups. But uh, over time, um, that that rule or process changed. And so I took over leadership of that group in like 2012, 2013. And a couple years after that was recognized as uh, as one of the one of the first Salesforce MVPs from Indiana. I don't know if it, if I was the first. There's okay. a couple other kind of one up around Chicago, one in Evansville, but uh, there's there's still a couple of us here, uh, MVPs in Indiana. Let me ask you about Indianapolis. It, it seems kind of like a Salesforce capital in a way, <laughs> the Midwest capital of like uh, my current employer, Atrium, has opened an office. Guess where they opened it? Indianapolis. Mm. Aperio, of course, went hard in 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 Indianapolis. It is, what is it about Indianapolis? Is it the, I don't know what it is. Yeah, I think it's a combination of things. You know, the story we always told at Aperio was, you know, we looked around five or six different uh, near shore cities on, on where to locate uh, a U.S.-based delivery center and, and really training center is, is what it turned out to be. Um, 
landed in Indianapolis for a number of reasons. We had uh, infrastructure from a leadership perspective. We had one of our delivery managers uh, and also a senior project manager based here, as well as one of our more senior technical architects um, that could help with training folks. Uh, obviously, working with the state was a, a big piece uh, for uh, both tax incentives and, and training grants. Uh, and then really it came down to the ability to find talent. And Indiana has, uh, as you're well aware, uh, a great number of higher ed institutions um, that, that turn out some some really great folks. So I think Absolutely. it's a combination of things. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of a fortuitous thing. Also marketing cloud, I think. Well, was, yeah. So I, I joke, you know, there. As, as our user group grew over over the years, uh, you know, folks that were leading groups other places asked me, you know, how do you get your group to grow? And I said, get Salesforce to buy the largest technology company in your city, and your user group will grow. So, you know, Salesforce <laughs> bought Salesforce bought Exact Target, uh, which became Marketing Cloud back in 2013, 2014, and obviously brought a lot more awareness to what Salesforce is. Uh, I think Salesforce is or Indianapolis is like the third or fourth largest hub for them now. Uh, that was second before the the uh, Talon, or not Talon, but uh, Tableau and a couple right. of the other acquisitions. So still largest tech employer in, in the state of Indiana for by, by far. Amazing. Amazing. And people think just corn comes from Indiana. Right? Yeah, there's more than corn in Indiana at Indiana <laughs> Beach and other yes. places. And Larry Bird. Yeah. Um, now you're at 10K Advisors. Correct. So what do you do there and what does 10K Advisors do? Yeah, so my role is chief customer officer, and that really boils down to customer success. I make sure that our projects are running smoothly. Um, our model is a little bit different than traditional consulting companies in that we're a network of independent contractors, small consulting companies, really focused on um, difficult technical problems uh, and on-demand talent. So... You know, we started really as uh, a way for U.S.-based partners and direct customers of Salesforce to better utilize India-based resources. Um, and a couple of years in, we pivoted and added this U.S.-based network, uh, which has now grown. We've got folks in Australia, the U.K., really globally outside of um, both both India and the U.S. Um, but we're really focused on how do we get on-demand talent and connect those folks with uh, the customers that need that support and help. Okay. And by on-demand talent, are these people that work for 10K or they are subcontractors? Everyone is a 1099. It's all a business to business relationship. So we, you know, we find folks that have two or three of their own customers and they may be looking to backfill five, 10, 15 hours a week. Uh, and we can help them find that with, with our customers. You know, we have a plethora of folks that just need, Hey, I need five hours of a technical architect. You know, they don't want to hire somebody full time, but could, you know, really use some help with, this specific integration or this very hard technical problem. Um, we also focus uh, around some of the other um, harder to find skill sets, things like field service lightning, Salesforce CPQ, uh, folks that that you know might have a little bit of a specialized skill set where they can spread a little bit thinner than being you know have, being full time at, at one organization, either from a consulting perspective or at a direct customer of Salesforce. Right. So, who are your typical customers? You know, it, it varies. We work with enterprise level uh, software firms, uh, enterprise level professional services companies. And then we also work with uh, startups, folks that are just getting going on the platform, as well as some small nonprofits. Um, you know, our sweet spot, I would say, is kind of the 
uh, growth business to mid market to general business at Salesforce. So kind of the, you know, 500 to 5,000 employees. Uh, typically right. those folks have advanced enough Salesforce instances or at least plans and needs for that level of technical support uh, and also the budget to support uh, our rates. You know, our, we're not the cheapest. Most of our experts have been in the industry 5, 10, 15 years. Um, you know, we, we definitely believe in training the next the next group of folks to come into consulting, but a majority of our experts are folks that have been doing Salesforce for uh, okay. a long time. So these aren't people that just go on trailhead and right. Right. just learn something. Not that there's anything wrong with trailhead. No, but, not at all. It's a, it's a great tool, but uh, you know, sometimes customers need a little bit more experience and that's, that's what we can provide. Well, there's learning how to configure things and, and then there's learning what to do when, right. And right. having that wisdom, which is what, you pay consultants for, right? Exactly. You know, I, I, I at my en- the end of my period stint, I ran our college and campus recruiting program, and that that's what we found was the most difficult to kind of get through to the new recruits. Was we can teach the Salesforce thing, we can teach this technology thing, we can teach them how to write code. Um, how do we teach them how to be good consultants? Respond to the customer in ways that are, you know, hey, you know, you can say I don't know, but do you say it that way, or do you say it? Let me right. check and get back to you, right? So, right. you know, we found that those those folks were really good on their second projects. Um, their first projects were a little rough because oftentimes they didn't have the support of somebody like a John Gorp or a Mike Martin uh, to support them in that project. Yeah, right, right, right. Um, and, and there's some features of Salesforce I think new newbies go crazy with, right? Like like record types, you know, you'll go uh-huh. see an org and there'll be like 30 record types. Yeah. Like, hey, this is a great feature. We should do it everywhere. Well, wait a second. You might want to think about that. <laughs> yeah. Um, person accounts, right? Yes. Oh, person. Yeah. That's wonderful. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm, you threw me for the loop there. Uh, I saw that 10K Advisors puts out a document if you want to call it that, called the Salesforce Talent Ecosystem Report. Mm-hmm. Um, sounds really interesting. What are some of the highlights? Do you think of the? Yeah, so it's it's been it's been a fun project that we work on every year. Uh, really focused around what does the the talent ecosystem look like uh, specific to Salesforce. We found, um, you know, just this last year that demand for Salesforce talent. We really look at four four key roles: consultants admins, developers, and architects um, grew over 360% from 2020 to 2021. Uh, so that's that's the demand, the need. Uh, and we found the supply globally increased about 20%. So there is a giant gap in need for these roles and not as many of those people to do that work. So, you know, you could probably see it in talking to your customers and in in, in talking to folks in the ecosystem. Uh, you know, it's really easy to find another Salesforce job if you want it right now because right. nobody can find find enough folks. I should probably ask for a raise, <laughs> right? <laughs> Shouldn't we all? Yeah, um, it, it's one. This might be harder to quantify, but. Do you have any thoughts on the quality of the talent? I mean, we, we know that demand is there. One thing I worry about is 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 kind of what we were talking about in, in knowing what to do when. Um, and that has the potential for 
kind of souring the ecosystem, right? Mm-hmm. Or souring the customers, right? If they start getting bad advice on how to configure this. Yeah, I, I would say it's it's hard to quantify. I mean, anecdotally, in, in my uh, experience, what I've seen is, you know, there's a lot of folks that, you know, have an admin cert that have finished a bunch of trailheads um, and are looking for uh, a job. And, and there are some of those types of roles available. Right. What, I'm, what I'm also seeing is there's some incredible programs out there run by folks like Salesforce directly, um, PepUp Tech, uh, VetForce, uh, Salesforce Military that are, you know, a little bit more exclusive in who they let into those programs um, so they can help, you know, kind of pair up the right background um, with the technology skills. It goes back to what we talked about before with, you know, teaching consulting skills, soft skills versus versus the technology piece. You know, I think those programs are bringing a lot of great folks into the ecosystem that have um, transferable skills um, into the Salesforce work that they're going to be doing. Right, 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 right. Um, that's very good. So, one thing I talk to a lot of people about in consulting is, is that the consulting business really isn't that interesting, right? There's <laughs> there's not a lot of innovation. And, and I think Apurio, enough, to, yeah. to its credit, has really tried, you know, with stuff mm. like crowdsourcing. and But basically, you have offshoring and you have yeah. managed services. Um, do you see any innovation happening in the in the consulting space? And w- what do you think is exciting in that in the consulting world right now? Yeah, I think there's some opportunities. You know, there's there's a lot of groups out there like the Upworks and the, you know, the other programs that are trying to connect uh, what some would call freelancers uh, to to customers. I think there's some there's some inherent problems in those types of programs. In that, uh, again, it goes back to how do you vet the talent and make sure that that the folks that are taking your projects are really capable of of completing them. But I think there is a ton of opportunity to, you know, find ways to automate connecting. The customer with with the expert. You know, we've we've tried some things right. at 10K. Uh, we we launched a, a pro- product called 10K Task, where you know you go fill out a, a set amount of information about a, a piece of automation that you'd like to Im- implement or a new user interface. Um, we then connect to your Salesforce org. We're able to do a little bit of review on the back end, kind of understand what your existing setup looks like, so we can accurately estimate and then deliver right. it asynchronously. Uh, through through that platform, so I think there is some opportunity for um, for those types of uh, you know innovations in in the space. Uh, I think it it takes uh, taking a step back and learning that it, it's going to cost to do that. Uh, right. And I know I know there's a number of uh, you know consulting firms that are that are taking that approach as well and and figuring out other ways to to connect customers with uh, yeah. with the work that needs done. Right. Um- Thinking back to when InfoWelders got bought by Aperio, it was kind of an exciting time in the ecosystem, right? There was Aperio, there was Blue Wolf doing some really interesting stuff, Cloud Sherpas, uh, they did some really cool stuff with Google. Um, Who are the exciting firms now that you see in in the system? Yeah, you know, looking out, uh, you know, I see folks like Zenify uh, that are focused on uh, very specific industry solutions, uh, building strong teams, uh, pairing that with with innovations um, 
the the team at uh, Traction on Demand is obviously growing like crazy and, and doing really good work as a certified B Corp, as well as uh, you know both commercial and uh, non nonprofit sector. Um, I, I like firms like Atrium. You know, I'll, I'll speak to it. You know, I think you guys are doing great great things with uh, you know integrating artificial intelligence into kind of the traditional services firm and and expanding beyond just core salesforce um those are some of the places that i look when you know when i'm looking to see what uh what's going on out in the in the ecosystem yeah yeah it is uh it's a different era right and you have the big firms right deloitte and um accenture you know it's almost hard to fathom how big they are right in, in the system right and and what kind of work they do um one thing that your website mentions is that there's 1800 and, and it might be updated 1800 firms in the ecosystem uh-huh. many with 10 or fewer uh certified yeah uh, do you think this is a good thing or is it a challenge Honestly, it's great for us um, because those those folks both make great partners as well as um, you know great great customers as well as experts for us. Yeah, you know I think there is a, a push in the ecosystem from Salesforce directly to recruit new partners that have very specialized industry expertise, bring them in, teach them Salesforce. Um, you know we we at 10K have worked with a couple of those partners as well in helping them find the right the the right Salesforce folks to kind of help bolster that that experience. And then, you know, there's a a ton of folks like yourself, like myself, like Nick that, that have decided, Hey, I want to do this on my own. I've done Salesforce for 10 or 15 years. Um, and they start firms. And, you know, I was listening to, to the, the podcast with Genevieve. I, I didn't realize she had five people working for her. I mean, that's that's a, a, a great story focused on, you know, one specific region and, and kind of a, a, a set type of customer. Those stories exist all over the world. Um, yeah. And I think it's I think it's good for the ecosystem. Um, I, I will say what we found in those numbers as well, though, that I think it was like 70 to 80 percent of the certifications still live at the big the big guys. Yeah, right? they're not they're not um, kind of trickling down, and we see that see that with some of the specialized skill sets as well. You know, a lot of folks want to do velocity and come to us for velocity and like, well, we've got a handful of folks that do that, but you know, Salesforce is really focusing on enabling those folks at the top end of the market. Right, 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 right. Um, that's it, it is a really interesting time. Um, as the technology changes too, mm-hmm. right? I think the invention of lightning kind of disturbed <laughs> disturbed things, right? It it, 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 it made consulting. Maybe this is just my point of view. It made consulting a little bit more challenging while there was a crunch on talent. Right. Is that, um, no, I, I absolutely agree. I mean, hey, this this thing is bright and new. It's all that Salesforce is talking about. We've got to go there. Well, we can't quite go there for X, Y, Z reason, right? You know, I think we're finally there, what, se- almost seven years later, yeah. um, you know, where I, I would be, you know, uh, I, I do occasionally run across somebody that's still on Classic, but but in general, most, most folks right. have, have finally made the transition and, and have been able to be successful there. And, and maybe the new lightning is flow, right? Well, I, that is that is what I'm reading on Twitter these days. It's all it's that's all about it, replacing flow with or replacing workflow and uh, and process builder with the good old flow. And it seems like you know old school developers are like no i like apex right because yeah. i could do stuff which is way advanced and then but you kind of see if you can visually do code at some point drag and mm-hmm. drop that's what the dream is right 
um, you're, you're making it a little easier and maybe solving the talent problem a little bit. Absolutely. I think that, I think there's something to that, John. I don't know. Um, so what else is going on in your life? You've got beer and Legos. Like what is the deal with Legos? When did you get into Legos and beer, beer and Lego? Yeah. So, you know, I, I've always had, uh, I've always enjoyed playing with Lego. You know, we grew up uh, only child. It was great, great to spend spend my time building. Uh, I think I got my first set of Duplos from a garage sale back in, in when I was five or six, and and really never looked back. Uh, you know, it was great before before we had kids, um, having uh, double income, able to to kind of grow my collection a little bit after after my wife and I got married, and then uh, now having two boys, eight and ten. Um, you know, as I sit here in my office, which is the Lego room, um, yeah. we are very much a, a Lego family. So involved in the the Lego user group, there's a user group program uh, for Lego. Um, here in Indianapolis and, and globally, so that's been that's been a fun a fun thing to do with the boys, and and we presented at a couple of Lego shows here in Indy. So, you know, we're we're uh, we're all in on Amazing. on Lego. It's a great uh, great family activity. Amazing. Um, well, I, I, this podcast will be coming out in February. Okay. Who, who do you think I should talk to next? Ooh, who should you talk to next? Uh, you know, I'll, I'll be a little, I'll, I'll stay in house. I don't know if you've, you've reached out to Matt Lamb. Matt Lamb would be great. He's our CTO at, at 10 K, but also has some of his own customers and is a great technical mind, uh, SFDC Matt on Twitter. Uh, I know yes. he's not quite as active anymore. Uh, some other folks, um, you know, talking about flow, I think yeah. you should talk to uh, Andy Utkin. I don't know if you know Andy at all out of Florida. Just Happy from the internet. Um, re- really great guy. I, uh, I met him at Florida dream and a couple years ago where he did a presentation about one of his customers. He's one of the, you know, independent partners and, and has done some really cool things yeah. and obviously uh, focus very, very heavily on flow these days. Yeah, very good. Very good. Yeah. Matt Lamb and and Nick Ham. I was always mm-hmm. thinking Lamb and Ham. I love it. Well, nice. there's there's a reason I went to 10K, you know, yes. good, good, good folks here. Yes. Well, Mike Martin, I can't thank you enough. You are a hero of mine. You are a legend. Um, Likewise, and, John, and, and, you know, I, I think, fella, so. I think fondly of, of our times at Aperio and our times at Dreamforce enjoying breakfast, um, and other things. So it's, yes. uh, it, it's, uh, it's great to reconnect and, and I love the, the, the podcast. It's uh, exciting to hear from all these great folks in the ecosystem. Thank you, captain. I'll talk to you soon. Awesome. See you, John. Take care. Take care. Bye.